only is this the day that the Lord has made, it's also the year that the Lord has made, right? It is 2022, and um, you guys, you've never lived this long before, so congratulations. Hey, I'm glad you made it. And uh, so far, so good, right? I mean, so far, so good. I mean, we're two days in, and uh, I think uh, you're smiling. Whoa, there we go. Uh, you're smiling. Everybody's feeling good. Uh, it is a good year so far. Hey, um, speaking of that, let's start getting in the habit. Instead of talking about it being a good year, let's talk about it being a God year, all right? You know, we talk about, hey, is it going to be a good year? Is it going to be a bad year? Let's just say, hey, this is going to be a God year. It's going to be a God year, and no matter what takes place, no matter what happens, this is going to be a God year, because it's already been mentioned, our God reigns, right? And so it doesn't matter what comes, because we know who's on the throne, and that is a great thing. And so it's going to be a God year. So happy 2022 to everybody. You've made it. You are here. It's going to be great. Awesome. Woo! That's right. 2022. Now look, I want to give you some emotions this morning, and I want you to respond with a thumbs up and say good if that emotion is a positive one. And I want you to respond with thumbs down and I want you to say bad if the emotion is a negative one. Okay? You ready? Joy. Good. Right? Anger. Mm, bad. Confidence. Good. Depression. Bad. Contentment. Good. Fear. Good. Uh, oh. Uh oh. All right. So we got it. We got an issue here, right? So maybe we need to talk about. We need to talk about this. Is fear an actual good uh, emotion? Now, now here are just some fears, right? And some of these are just ridiculous. Acrophobia, the fear of heights, right? The older I get, the shorter I get, the greater that fear grows. Xenophobia, it's the fear of strangers. Neophobia. It's the fear of new things. Some of you, Christmas was really painful for you. Francophobia. It's the fear of things French. Yeah, there really is such a thing. Some of the French have that. How about this one? Soccerophobia. It's the fear of in-laws. Yeah. Right, Ross, Shelby, you guys got married? Right, okay, gonna see how uh, that goes. We got a new Warren clan back here, right? Gonna see how that works out. Fear of in-laws, that's a real thing. How about omphalophobia? How many of you guys have the fear of belly buttons? Anybody have that one? <laughs> that's pretty good. Now, I know a lot of you have this one. Hamilophobia, the fear of sermons. Yeah. You've got it. I see it each and every week. And then there's one, theophobia. Theophobia. The fear of God. How about we read this psalm together? Psalm 128 in verse 1. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. Say it one more time with me. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. I grew up with theophobia. I grew up with theophobia, a palpable fear of God. And I don't feel like that I was unique in this because I grew up with gospel meetings. Can I get an oh yeah, right? Now for those of you who are younger in the audience, it's the adult version of Winterfest, okay? That's kind of how it was. 
And now if you grew up attending a Baptist or Methodist congregation, think revival for a minute. When gospel meeting time rolled around, you would go to church on Sunday morning and there would be uh, this message that would be presented by this guest big name preacher. You would have some kind of meal that would be either on the ground or on some tables in the fellowship hall. And then everybody would come back that night for another message from the big name preacher. But you weren't done because you would come back on Monday night. And you'd come back on Tuesday night. And you'd come back on Wednesday night. And guess what? If the preacher was really a big name guy, then you would come back on Thursday, and you would come back on Friday, and by the end of it, man, we were churched up. We were churched up. And it was not uncommon for a church to see as many baptisms during the week of a gospel meeting as they would see all year long. That visiting big name preacher would come in and he would preach the gospel gun. And then you would invite all of these people that you knew in the area who were the good singers, all right? And you knew who those people were, and you'd invite them in, and they would come in, and, and man, you'd have these singings, and you would just sing and sing, and, and we would advertise on the radio, and we would advertise on church signs. We wanted everyone to come. And I learned at a very young age that the purpose of a gospel meeting was to scare the H-E double hockey sticks out of you, right? That was it. For all those who attended, sermons often revolved around Satan's hell and, and God's wrath and Jesus' plan of salvation. The big name preacher would, would end each sermon by saying, now before we sing the invitation song, everyone has a question that you must answer. If you die tonight, and I remember thinking, Man, these gospel meetings are dangerous. <laughs> I mean, if I die tonight, man. But there was this palpable fear of the Lord. And I must say that the fear of the Lord was effective. Hats would come off when you entered the building. Your language was tempered. The clothing that one wore was affected. And a person's actions were called into account. I mean, how many times have you heard someone in the past say, well, you know what that boy needs is just a fear of the Lord put in him. Right? Steve Kahn, that was said about you on a regular basis. <laughs> Still is. That's right. And I've got to be honest, the fear of the Lord kept me out of countless heartaches. When offered to participate in some activity that I knew that, that my parents would not want me involved in, and not to mention my God, well, I would think to myself, well, what would, what would Jesus think if, if he came while I was doing that or while I was drinking that, as though it would have been okay if I drank it before he showed up and popped a breath mint. It would have all been fine. But if he came while it was going on, that fear was real. And it protected me in many ways. That kind of awareness of who God was, the, the God that was watching, and the God that was coming again to judge, it was natural in much of our religious world. At least until a few decades ago. Our world and culture began to turn, and, and fearing the Lord began to be out of date. Fear became unhealthy. In fact, it became a four-letter word. A word that was not needed or welcomed, especially within our church families. You don't need Brother Johnson to come and speak to you. He's one of those hellfire and brimstone preachers. Now, the Bible clearly speaks about hellfire and brimstone, and it's not that the religious world didn't want to hear the Bible. They just didn't want to see others trying to scare people into doing what was right. You see, Satan has always been able to take what God has said is good and, and twist it and, and misrepresent it. 
and a healthy respect and fear of God had been mis misrepresented at too many gospel meetings and Christian camps and revivals by well booming teachers who would say, well, what if you were driving home tonight? What if you were driving home tonight and, and on those curvy roads and you were leaving camp? Or, or what happens if before you get home tonight you couldn't see another day? Don't you need to be baptized? Fear became synonymous with manipulation and therefore it was decided that, that all fear must be abandoned at all cost. And right or wrong, you cannot argue with the fact that we as a culture have come to a place where we just don't fear God that much anymore. And secondly, I think we live in a world where where we think we can control everything and we can understand everything and, and we can figure everything out. We, that is our culture, we just don't believe in acts of God anymore. It's just the moving of tectonic plates. It's the collision of atoms. It's the changing of temperatures. And because we believe that we can understand and we can explain all experiences and everything that happens, we've removed the need for any kind of awe or fear of the Lord, the God that created the universe and according to scripture, holds it all together right now. And I think as Christians, we've just kind of followed right along with this. We became thrilled when we began to hear more sermons that, that were about the love of God and less about the teaching of his wrath. And I suppose it was natural, right? I mean, the pendulum has swung so far over to, to that fear side, it was only natural that it swings in over to the love side where love became the primary, if not the only verb. Down with fear, because, well, fear, man, that's just old-fashioned, and it's just so, well, it's just so another year. And I guess we had a good reason to feel that way. I mean, after all, the first time that fear shows up in the Bible, you have the first man and woman, they decide that they know better than God, and we read in, in Genesis that they go and they hide from their creator because they were afraid. That wasn't how God created things in the beginning. That's not the relationship that he wanted to have with people. So fear must be bad, right? It can't be good. We sing the word given to Joshua. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid. The angel came announcing, fear not. We're told in scripture that perfect love drives out all fear. And that we are to love the Lord our God because God is love. Love sells, and love is biblical, and it speaks to a longing within our hearts. The longing within our hearts and within our culture that lives in a daily fear of, of something, right? People are afraid of the stock market. They're afraid of school shootings. They're afraid of global warming. They're afraid of cancer. They're afraid of Alzheimer's. People are afraid of what? COVID-19. Can I get a hello, right? We're all afraid of something, and so love sells, and it's so much better than talking about being afraid. You say, well, what's the problem then? You say, Chris, aren't you glad that we don't spend all of our time focused on God's wrath anymore? I mean, even your preaching, Chris, is, it's drenched in love language. And you're right. The difficulty is that the pendulum keeps on swinging. Do you know this guy? This is Buddy Christ. That's his name. He was developed in 1999 to be a part of a satirical movie. And the intention was that you've got this guy that looks like, hey dude, right? You, you can buy his bobblehead, you can get his t-shirt. His creator said that they wanted a Jesus who was more relevant. A Jesus who looked more like us and less like God. Now, now look, I enjoy picturing Jesus with a smile, and I think that's an easy visual for us to have and one that we should have. 
But a winking, pointing, hey dude, Jesus, I think is just a little bit, I don't know, it makes me wonder that if Christians from past ages could see an image like this, would they run for cover? Maybe your grandmother would look at this picture and say, hmm, somebody's going to get struck by lightning. <laughs> you know, we laugh, but, but do we hear what's behind that statement? There is a God, and he will be respected. Some say, but, but fear is so Old Testament. The New Testament is, is, the no, is the no fear zone. Jesus is not about fear. I mean, look, that's not about fear, right? Oh, really? Matthew 17. Jesus speaks in the middle of a storm that one gospel writer referred to as being a seismic event, a quaking of the sea. He rebuked the winds and the waves. He said, quiet, be still. And everything was peaceful. There was complete calm. And those who were in the boat, the text says, were terrified. And they asked each other, who's this? It's not buddy Jesus. It's not a, a wink and a smile and a, hey dude. This is the word that was in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Now you tell me, what is the natural emotional response that overtakes you when you are face to face with the power and the glory of God? I'll give you another example. It's the moment where Jesus pulls back his toga like Superman. And the divinity of God pours out of him as a brilliant light. The voice of God is heard saying, this is my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And the response of Peter, James, and John was to fall face down, face down to the ground, terrified. Another. Look at Matthew chapter 10. Listen to the words of Jesus. Speaking to his disciples and trying to help them get past their fears of, of people who might stand against them. He said, don't be afraid of them. He said, don't be afraid of them, people who could kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Now pause about that just a moment. He says, don't be afraid of those that can kill the body. Don't be afraid of those that can hurt you. Don't be afraid of something that can cause you harm. Don't be afraid of something that can destroy you physically, he says. Rather, be afraid. In the Hebrew word, yareh, does that sound like another Hebrew word that you know, by the way? A little bit like Yahweh. We are to have yareh for Yahweh. Have Yahweh, he says, for the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus said, be afraid. Now, he wasn't saying this to some unrepentant group of sinners. He wasn't saying this to some legalistic group of Pharisees. He was saying this to his disciples. You see, if you know who God is, the natural response to entering his presence will be a holy fear. And in biblical literature, the word Yahweh, or Yahweh in Hebrew, and Phobeo in Greek, it was used to both describe fear and reverence, or awe. I'm not talking about fearing some petty 
just capricious deity who acts like a traffic cop who's, who's there by, behind the um, billboard sign just waiting for you to break a commandment so that he can jump down and, and he can condemn you for all eternity. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not the fear that's being described. But it's a fear that makes you say, whoa. A fear that stops you in your tracks. It's a fear that shuts your mouth. It's a fear that the Proverbs writer says is the beginning of all wisdom and knowledge. A fear that we must understand before we can understand anything else. But guys, we've missed it. And I don't know where did it go. I want to submit for your consideration today that the fear of God is the natural response for being in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's not an unhealthy, oh my, he's going to zap me for something that I said or did. But an, oh my, I am a sinful man. I am a sinful woman in desperate need of the grace of God. I think we could all use a little more respect, a little more awe, a little more fear of the Lord. So how do we deal with this? It's an important question because we're on a journey. We're on a journey together as a church family, wanting to, to bring each other, wanting to bring others into a more personal, intimate, life-restoring relationship with our Savior. And the way in which we view Jesus and the way that we see God will go a long way in determining the way that we approach Him. The way that we approach reading Scripture, the way that we approach meditation, the way that we approach prayer. The way we approach fasting and, and resting and confession and celebration and service. And it will go a long way in determining the way that we approach our daily fears. Guys, it's easy to be scared. To be honest, some of you are, you are you're scared of this next year. You're scared of what's going to happen. You're a senior in high school and you're worried about graduating and what's going to take place when you go off to college. You're scared because you, you, you see things on the news, you see things in your news feed, you, you know that uh, there's a new variant that's been around now for a while and it's increasing and more people are, 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 are being positive in, in their, in, in when they get tested and, and there's this fear that you have about that. You're concerned about just your finances. You see how the gas prices are going up. You see, you know the inflation is going up. You went to try to buy some food for the holiday, and it was like, man, look at what this costs right now. And you've got these concerns, and you've got these fears, and you're scared. And circumstances can change at any moment. Every day is filled with an uncertainty. Tomorrow, you could lose your job. Tomorrow you could lose your house, your car. You could lose your health. Each day is filled with the unknown. There are so many things that could happen. And it's understandable that we can become just kind of overwhelmed by emotion. But more often than not, our fears are based on events that we think could happen. The ancient Stoics, those supposed masters of their emotions, referred to these perceived events as fantasia. They were phantoms. They were the boogeyman that was hiding in the corners of our mind, and they were not to be trusted. Author William Faulkner said, be scared, you can't help that, but don't be afraid. See, there's a distinction. A scare wakes you up. It informs you of danger. 
It's a temporary rush of emotion. But fear is a state of being. It weakens and it overwhelms and it paralyzes. That's why, well, you know the most repeated phrase in the Bible, right? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be paralyzed. Don't be stuck. Don't be overwhelmed. Over and over, readers of Scripture are encouraged not to let the phantoms rule. So I want to consider one passage, and let's close up. Isaiah chapter 8. Isaiah chapter 8, the prophet is is writing to to God's people, and, and he's writing because you have a portion of them that's trying to decide who they're going to trust in. Word is that there is a battle that's coming. Assyria is on its way. And a decision has to be made. Do we, do we unite with our brothers and sisters against Assyria? Or do we form a coalition with the Assyrians? And we're like, hey, you know, we're going to be your friends. And we're going to let you come in. And, and we're going to be nice to you. And you don't do anything to hurt us. And we're not going to do anything to hurt you. And this is what Isaiah is told. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. Can I get an oh yeah this morning on that one? Maybe that's what you need to hear this morning more than anything else. You are a child of God. Do not think the way everyone else does. You are a child of the King. You you are a servant of Jesus Christ. You are a follower of the Savior. Don't think like everybody else does. He continues... And don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. Mm. And don't live in dread of what frightens them. You don't have to look far to find things that can scare you. You don't have to look far to find the doom and gloom that many people say is coming in 2022. You don't have to look far. It's going to be your news feed. It's going to be around the dinner table. It's going to be talked about at work. It's going to be all around. People are going to be talking about all the bad things that are going to take place and and all the people that are lining up against you. Don't think like they do. Because this is a God year. Don't call everything a conspiracy like they do. Don't live in dread. Literally, don't tremble at what frightens them. You don't go to school this year trembling. You don't go to work this year trembling. You don't go and live your life of worship before God, trembling about all the other things that could happen in this life. Instead, Isaiah says, make the Lord of heaven's army holy in your life. Understand who God is, he's saying. Understand who God is. Understand who is living on the throne. He is the one that you should fear. He is the one that you should respect. He is the one that you should live in awe before. He is the one that should make you tremble because he is God. And friends, everybody fears something. Everybody fears somebody. Whether it's tornadoes or fire or drowning or vaccines or terrorists or politicians or belly buttons, or in-laws. Everybody fears something. Everybody fears somebody. And Isaiah is sitting right back here in the back of the room, and he's raising his hand, and he says, Excuse me, of all the things that you could be afraid of this year, could I suggest, 
Can I suggest that you just fear the Lord? How about fearing God? And the psalmist echoes through the ages, blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the student. Blessed is the child who has Yahweh for Yahweh. Blessed is the person who fears the Lord. Guys, you want to fear something this year? Don't fear a person. Don't fear a pandemic. Don't fear a circumstance. Fear this. Fear the Lord. Can we bow our heads in his presence this morning? Our Father, we come before you recognizing you as the holy God, as the creator of the universe, as the one who breathes life into creation. We recognize you as the one who has spoken all things into existence. We bow before the one who holds the universe in the palm of your hand. And not just in this place, Father, but in every place where our footsteps, we are on holy ground. For we are continually in your presence. And Father, we just need to own it this morning and admit that we don't always think about you. Because our concerns and our focus, it gets ripped away and it gets put on all the things that are going on right now in this life and in this world and the things that are happening in our homes and the things that are going on in the classrooms, the concerns that we have at work and the, the fears that we have about our family and friends, the worries that we have over our health all the different things that we are told that we should be afraid of. And so all of our focus goes there. And Father, you're one of the last things that we think of many times. As we start this new year, Father, help us to remember that this is your year. That we live in the year of our Lord. And that you are God. And may we live in this year with awe and reverence and holy fear before you being reminded of who you are and, Father, who we are. We do not have all the answers. We do not have full understanding. We do not have ultimate strength. We can't do it all on our own. And so, Father, we come before you today being reminded of where our focus should be. Be reminded that all of the other little fears, all of the things that, all the things that terrify us, all the things that, that paralyze us, Father, need to fade away in your presence. Oh, sure, we can be scared for the moment and it can get our attention, but may these things that get our attention focus us back on you. May the concerns about 
the money situation, may, may the concerns about our health, may the concerns about our future, may, may the concerns that we have about our relationships, may all those things get our attention for a quick minute, and then, Father, may it turn us back to you. And then may we again bow in your presence and say, Oh, precious Creator, O oh, Lord of lords and King of kings, we give all of these fears to you. Father, thank you for receiving our prayers. Thank you for hearing our praise. Father, thank you for giving us another day to live a life of worship before you. And if we are granted one more day in your presence, Father, may we live it with reverence and awe and holy fear before you as our King of kings and Lord of lords, as our Savior and God. It's the name of Jesus the Christ that we say together, amen. Church, it has been great to be together this morning, and I appreciate you overcoming your fear of the sermon and the way in which not only have you sat and listened, but the way in which you've made yourself available to God's Spirit this morning. I'm thankful for the way that you have been offering up your praise, for the way that you have sang with Derek and our worship team today. I'm thankful for the way in which you have taken a bread and cup and, and shared that with those who were here and those who also who are watching with us online. We want you to know that today as we are ending that there is a prayer room in our lobby and, and you'll have the opportunity as we end to go and, and to talk with one of our elders who will be there in that room and have a time to be able to, to speak about any of the things that we've talked about or sung about or prayed about this morning and share any concerns that you have in your own life for time for you just to say, you know what, I just need prayers that I will have a proper fear in my life and look at things in the proper way love to have that opportunity to talk with you and so again that is in our lobby we have a prayer room that's there we also want you to know that as you are exiting this morning that there are some boxes that you'll see on the doorways as you're heading out of this room and those are the boxes that we are currently using to to take up an offering that is used for the many different ministries that go on here and for the di many different connection points that we have here within our church family we thank you for those of you who have contributed in past years, and we are thanking you in advance for those of you who are going to be giving this year, not just so the ministries here can go on, but so the Lord can work through your heart in generosity and so that you can learn to depend on him and not just on the money that comes into your wallet. And so those boxes are going to be there. They're there each and every week. You can also give online if you choose to do that. And again, we say thank you for the way that you participate in this way. Another way that we're going to have uh, to impact our community is coming up this week. It's going to be on Wednesday. We're going to be having our first snack pack of the year. Some 6,000 bags are going to be packed for students of Hamilton County. And we would love to have you set as a, in your calendar to come and to be with us from 6 until 8 
this coming Wednesday to be able to walk the walk with the blue bags and to be able to fill those bags up again in order to help the children who are here in Hamilton County. Go ahead and set your, set your little reminder on your phone right now that, that that's something that you're going to do this Wednesday. And if you're not able to be here on uh, Wednesday evening but you have some time this afternoon or other times during the week, we have a group that's going to be getting those food items ready and you can talk to Janice Robertson and she'll be glad to give you information about that. Anita Kapperman is also someone that you can speak to about that, and she'll be glad to, to help you with it. Call the office if you need more information about that, but that's something that's coming up this Wednesday, and we'd love for as many of you to be a part as, as possible. We're going to close out. We've got a um, song that we're going to sing together, Derek, right? And again, thanks so much for being here, everybody. 2022, you've never lived this long before. It is the no fear new year because this is God's year. Will you stand with us as we give our God praise? <laughs>